You are listening to Restoring the Branches Ministries. Our mission is to reconnect Yah's people to the root and truth of his word. We have been called to take Yah's healing to the nations, remove the stumbling block out of the way of his people, and teach as well as model the importance of serving the living Elohim in spirit and in truth. We live by Romans 15 and 4, for whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth, Father. I ask that all that you have planned will go forth today perfectly. Mm -hmm. Father, I pray that the word would cut the hearts of the people, Father, and that, mm -hmm. that repentance and healing would take place, Father. Mm -hmm. We thank you for being our rear and our front guard. We thank you that you sustain us. We thank you that there is none like you. Mm -hmm. Father, we give you all the honor, praise, and glory this day. Father, I ask that I would be your trumpet today, that I would be your tool, Father, that I would be your instrument for your people. Father, I thank you for loving me. I thank you for loving my family. I thank you for the place in which you've called us and the work that you've called us to do. Yes. Abba Yah, I pray that you will be glorified in all things and we give you all the honor, all the praise, all the glory this day. And then you should honor we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Right. So uh, we'll just jump right in. Um, Josiah online. Yes. Okay, thank you. Uh, today is the part two of part one, The Power of Obedience. Um, Suited and Booted is the subtitle. So, if we recap over um, part one, we have to remember that God calls us to be like his word. God calls us to be like his word. Um, we looked at Exodus 24 and 7. Then he took the book of the covenant and read in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that Yahuwah has said, we will do and be obedient. Um, we talked about having to embrace our occupation. And we said, what can obedience be likened to? What can we liken obedience to? We talked about the law of worship, which says that we are changed neurobiologically and characterology, characterology to become like what we admire, worship, and spend time watching and assimilating. Like we become like that. Um, last time we talked about what it means to listen and to hearken, and it is like one who on the knock of the door comes to listen uh, to who it is. It is the definition of a porter being on duty. And that's what we talked about. A porter is a person stationed at the door or gate to admit or assist those that are entering. And that is where we left off. Um, and part two is being suited and booted. So you are a priest of Yah. You are a porter. You are at the door. What should you be wearing? What should be... Um, your uniform at the door. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Second 
Corinthians. Oh, yeah. We're going to start at verse 3. I'll leave when you get there. See, I don't want to miss anything, but Lord, I have a lot here. So while you are getting there, we were instructed by the elders to be strong in Yah and the power of his might. We were instructed to stand against the walls of the adversary. We are called to remember that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness. For this cause, we take up the full armor of the Most High. If any of this artillery is missing, we find ourselves exposed and subject to the enemy's schemes. We will be ineffective doorkeepers if we are standing there naked. We must be able to stand at the door, and we can't stand there naked or dressed improperly. In 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in Elohim. For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing, that exalts itself against the knowledge of Yah, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Um, Abraham's children do the work of Abraham. Go to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. Abraham's children do the works of Abraham. And the whole chapter is really good, but we're going to both focus on verses 39 and 40. John 8, sorry, John 8, 39. Yeah, it's all good. John chapter 8. John 8, and starting at verse 39, it says, They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Yeshua said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the work of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from Elohim. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. Hallelujah, when you get there. Hallelujah. All right. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power.
power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand within the evil day, and having done all to stand. Therefore, stand, having girded your waist with truth. I'll keep going, but we're going to focus on these. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So we are starting with. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Um, and I wasn't going back there, but I needed to go back there. Um, but the law of truth. You can never avoid the truth. You can only delay the day you deal with it. When truth is embraced and accepted, it displaces lies and frees a person from fear and misunderstanding, elevating and ennobling the individual. Truth, truth build together into beliefs, constructs, and perspectives that together form our understanding of reality, leading us back to trust in the Creator. In trust, we open our hearts and experience the indwelling Spirit of God that transforms and ennobles us to beings of love rather than beings of selfishness. All truth comes from God, and if followed, will lead back to God. When truth is rejected, our understanding is confused, the mind is damaged, the heart is hardened, and we slowly become less capable of understanding reality, the truth of God's kingdom and the world around us. Such individuals will one day face the truth, but will be but it will be painful and destructive to them as they still hate the truth and want to flee from it, even begging the mountains to hide them from reality. But he's saying, put it on as a belt to wear truth. Um, the loins, having your loins girded, it's a part of the body between the hips and the lower ribs, especially regarded as the seat of physical strength and generative power. Right. He's saying, have your loins girded with truth. In John 17, 17, Yeshua prayed for us that he said, Sanctify them in thy truth, thy word is true. Hallelujah. And John 8 and 32, it says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Mm -hmm. Psalms 51 and 6 says, Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts. You desire truth in the inward parts. Anne Lopes, in a book um, that I'm reading, The Daniel Prayer, says that our outward gestures reveal an inner attitude. Our outward gestures reveal an inner attitude. 
Let's go to Genesis 24. Genesis 24. Genesis 24, starting in verse 27, is the first time that fruit is used. Verse 27, and this is the story of Abraham's servant going to find him a wife. And that what he prayed, and then how the father responded. And so, um, we'll start in 26. Then the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. And he said, Bless me, the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy and his truth toward my master. As for me, being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brother. So that is the first time it's used. Um, truth is a met, and when you break it down or you get to the root word, it's like amen. Uh, and that is first used in Genesis 15. Genesis 15 and 6. And so God's covenant with Abraham is talked about in the chapter 15. And in verse 6, he said, we're talking about Abraham, and he believed the Lord and he, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. So the root word for truth is attached to our believing or our faith. Okay. So how can we effectively use the word to free someone when we still believe the lie? To keep defending the lie. Uh, where are we going defending the lie? We're going nowhere. It's hard to wear the belt of truth when we haven't addressed the lie. And that's just the first thing he tells you to put on is truth. And so we think about our brothers and sisters who are not, um, who have no knowledge of the truth because we know that all truth comes from the source. And so there's no way to be dressed because the first thing he tells you to put on is truth. That's your start is the truth. Um, and just for example, I, I know that people hear me say deconstruct race all the time. And that's because that's literally what you told me to do. And I know it could probably be annoying. And that's okay. Um, because it almost makes me appear anti-black. I get that. Um, I get that. Okay. Um, but if, if you see where I'm going, when I say deconstruct race, um, I liken that to the father having to ask Eve, who told you you were naked? Who told you you were black? And that was all that you were. Who minimized you to a color? Mm -hmm. Wow. 
<laughs> so they constructed a system based on a false narrative to oppress, belittle, divide, and hide the truth. Black according to the world, but who are you according to Christ? So if, if, if I'm only stopping there, then I can't get to who you really are. And so we miss our identity because we're clinging to a term from an oppressor. So that's why I'm on the of race. Go ahead. Not because I'm anti-black. But because it's a lie and you minimize me. Go ahead, tell it like it is. In the book, The Fallacy of Race, Montague says we must constantly be on guard against subscribing to a lexicon of unsound terms of which we elect ourselves guardians and make ourselves the prisoner of our own vocabulary. That's good, right there, now. That's good. Our so, you're telling me that my whole worth is determined by my flesh. That's a lie. We have way too much worth to repeat that. Being comfortable with the lie will destroy our souls, and we are never fully dressed for battle without the truth. Christianity's missing key component is truth. So no one there, no one there is ready to fight. You just keep like when I say something, the boys tell a partial truth. But if I catch them in that, then I got to cover it with this, and then catch it. So it's just a layer upon layer of a lie. Of a lie. Christianity's missing key component is truth. Hebrews. Um, we are selfish and are missing facts as well. We are quick to say, my people, my community, my this, my that, my, 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 when he says, go forth to the nation. So am I supposed to hoard something? Like my kids call dibs on the front seat. Dibs, I got dibs. How you going to call dibs on salvation? How you going to call shotgun on salvation? Right. <laughs> Like we miss, well, and I always tell the kids when they argue with something, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, please not. <laughs> Leave it alone. But we miss the fact that he's building a kingdom of priests. He's building a kingdom of priests. Exodus 19 and 6. Uh, our people are comfortable in the bed. Our people are comfortable, roughly two thirds pretty much, are comfortable being asleep, and they have no interest in things that deal with righteousness. Mm -hmm. So we can keep tapping on them. Like, the Father knows that they are stiffening. That has been defined and determined a long, they comfortable. They comfortable. The Father has 800 count sheets with plush stuff and ices, and we want the, the 100 count, the 50 count, the can't stay on the bed, the broken in. We don't want because we're not going to invest in it. There is no interest in it for us. We don't see the return. We talked about that in Bible. So we have to remember that we work for him now. We work for him now. First plate of righteousness. And um, we'll be in Ephesians and we'll just jump back and forth. Ephesians. Go back to 6 and we are on 
verse 14. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. Um, you don't have to turn there, but in Genesis 15 and 6, we just left there. He said, he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Righteousness is the quality or state of being righteous. That's a great definition. Um, righteous is to be characterized by uprightness or morality. Uh, right or justifiable. Acting in an upright, moral way. Virtuous. And to be right is in accordance with what is good, proper, or just. In conformity with fact, reason, truth, or some standard or principle that is correct. Correct in judgment, opinion, or action. So, if truth comes from the source, then the only way to be righteous is to do what he deems is right. So you can't avoid his commandments. You can't avoid Shabbat. You can't avoid choosing to be like You can't avoid any of those things. If you want to be on the side of righteousness, there is no other way. Um, in James 2 and 23, just make that note. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Another note. Galatians 3 and 6, even as Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. It was counted to him, and you see it over and over again. Like Paul makes this very clear, like he says it multiple times. He believed, counted as righteousness. He believed, accounted as righteousness. Not he believed and sat and did not obey. Because that does not equate to accounting it as righteousness. In Romans 4 and 13, just make that note, for the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to a seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Romans 4 and 3, for what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Mm -hmm. If you are the seed of Abraham, you will do what Abraham did. Mm -hmm. To be deemed as righteous in this generation, we must walk in accordance with the one who defines what is just, proper, good, and then do those things. And then do those things. Um, in behavior analysis talk, we always talking we always talk about when you define a behavior, like you have to say, like, what does that look like? Like you have to define it because if you don't define, if I don't define, I have to define making your bed. I tell the boys that everything is tough. There's no white showing from the mattress, and that there's no windows. I've clearly defined it. If you don't do that, then you have not made your bed. To get dressed means you brush your teeth, you wash your face, you do your hair, you have clothes that are not wrinkled. It has been defined. I don't worry much about matching socks, we'll go to the same level real quick. 
but it's defined. If you love me, keep my commandments. It's defined. He's giving you how to operate in that. Obey me. If you love me, you'll obey me. It's operationally defined. If you want to be righteous, you believe. But we know belief is not a westernized version of I believe in my mind, but there's no action to follow. Mm -hmm. Um, and Exodus 20, Yah's expectations are clearly defined in the Ten Commandments. There is no gray area there. It's operationally defined. If we are getting technical, Yeshua's expectations are clearly defined as he is the word of Yah and they are one. Um, and I just kind of um, new covenant does not mean a new law, so we can't say it's done away. There's a new covenant. He didn't say there's a new law. <laughs> there's a new covenant, um, so you can't say it's done away. Say it again. There's a new covenant. He didn't say new law. So that means. All right. Feet fitted with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Um, let's just jump on in that. Uh, but we, we hit on it during tour class um, that peace is shalom and it means completeness or soundness and soundness is to be free from injury or disease free from flaw, defect or decay, stable secure, reliable free from error, fallacy or misapprehension or that, that means misunderstanding and to be legally valid. Shalom. Soundness. Um, let's go to Romans 10. And completeness is having all the necessary parts. All the necessary parts. And he wants us to be complete. So in Romans chapter 10. Because he uses this language, but this language has been used before. Having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Romans 10 and 11. Alright. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Let's go to Isaiah 52. As it is written, that means you got to go back and find where it's written. Isaiah 52. Somebody have a mic? Okay. Child, will you read chapter 52? Thank you. 
Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake thyself from the dust, arise, and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For thus saith the Lord, ye have sold yourselves for not, and ye shall be redeemed without money. For thus said um, Yehud Elohim, my people went down aforetime into Egypt to, to sojourn there, and the Assyrians oppressed them without cause. Now therefore, what have I here, said Yehud, that my people is taken away or not? They that rule over them make them to howl, said Yehud, and my name continually every day is blasphemy. Therefore my people shall know my name, therefore they shall know in that day that I am he that doth speak. Behold, it is I. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. Thy watchmen shall lift up the voice, with the voice together shall they sing, for they shall see eye to eye, when the Lord shall bring again Zion. Break forth into joy, sing together, ye waste places of Jerusalem. For Yahuwah hath comforted his people, he hath redeemed Jerusalem. Yahuwah hath made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Yes, and the title of Isaiah 52 is, God redeems Jerusalem. And verse 7 says, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your Elohim reigns. Let's go to Nahum chapter 1. Nahum chapter 1. Nahum is between Micah and Habakkuk. Chapter 1, verse 1. The burden of Nineveh, the book of the vision of Nahum the Elkishite. Yah is jealous. Yahweh revenging. Yahweh revenging and is furious. Yah will take vengeance on his adversaries and he reversed wrath for his enemies. Okay, he, re he reserves wrath for who? His enemies. For who? His enemies. So in order to not get his wrath, you must not be defined or deemed as an enemy. As an enemy. So you got to be righteous according to his standard. But the wrath is reserved for enemies. Enemies. Yah is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. Yah hath his way in the whirlwind 
in the storm and the clouds or the dust of his feet. He rebukes the sea and maketh it dry, drieth up all the rivers. Bashan languish, and Carmel and the flower of Lebanon languish. The mountains quake at him, and the hills melt, and the earth is burned at his presence. Yea, the world and all that dwell therein. Who can stand before his indignation? Who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire, and the rocks are thrown down by him. Yah is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. For with an overrunning flood, he will make an utter end of the place thereof, and darkness shall pursue his enemies. His darkness shall pursue his enemies. What do you imagine against Yah? He will make another end affliction, shall not rise up in the second time. For while they be folded together as thorns, while they are drunken as drunkards, they shall be devoured as stubble fully dry. Mm -hmm. There is one come out of thee that imagineth evil against Yah. A wicked counselor, thus saith Yahweh, though they be quiet and likewise many, Yet thus they shall be cut down when he shall pass through. Though I have afflicted thee, I will afflict thee no more. For now I will I break his yoke from off thee and will burst thy bonds in sunder. And Yah has given a commandment concerning thee that no more of thy name be sown out of the house of thy gods will I cut off the graven image and the molten image. I will make thy grave for thou art vile. Behold upon the mountains the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publishes peace. O Yehuda, keep thy solemn feast, perform thy vows, for the wicked shall no more pass through thee, he is utterly cut off. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So our feet should be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And he knew that it was written, and we have to go back and see what was written about that so, shield of faith. Shield of faith. So it says, taking the shield of faith in which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Our faith should be in his faithfulness. Um, we won't read all of these, but these are just uh, verses on that. Um, his faithfulness. Let me go to end the shield. So I'm going to go to Genesis 15 and 1. Genesis 15 and 1. It says, And after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. So he's telling us, like, in Ephesians, we're being encouraged to have on the entire armor. Not once do they say anything about zizis. Or how long your dress is, or how long your hair is, or if you have on pants. That is not mentioned in here. Because he says that the fight is not a physical one, it's a spiritual one. Yeah. All right. Um, we might go through all of them. It is a lot. Second Samuel twenty-two. 
Second Samuel 22. Well, we, if anybody want to just call dibs on the verse, I'm just, just, just say read them. Okay. <laughs> Hear me, I will get Psalms 3 and, 3 and 5 and 12. Uh, Nina, Psalms 18 and 2, that second line, that's the number 1, 2, 3, 4, the fifth line. Can you have the fifth line? Psalms 18 and 2, yeah. verse 30. Yes, okay, thank you so much. Um, you, you What's the three shot? What is it? Make Chris read. That was accidental. Okay, okay. You got the line underneath? Okay, thank you so much. And all the words. Okay, appreciate that. Anything not covered, just have the thing ready. Uh, so 2 Samuel 22, 1 through 3 says, Then David spoke to the Lord, uh, spoke to the Lord the word of this song on the day when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand
Yahweh is my strength and my shields. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my songs, I will praise him. Hallelujah. Psalm 33 and 20. Uh, it says, Our soul waited for the Lord. Hallelujah. He is our help and our shield. Psalms 84 and 11. For Yahuwah Elohim is my son and shield. Yahuwah will give grace and glory. No good thing will be withheld from them that walk uprightly. Hallelujah. Mm. Psalm 91 4. Uh -huh. He shall cover thee with his feathers. Yeah. And under his wings shalt thou, right. uh, shall thou trust. Mm -hmm. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Yeah. So when you see everybody in the yard with Psalms 91, Psalms 91, Psalms right. 91. Right. That's right. But have you trusted? Are you trusting? No, right. Like plastering it on your door means absolutely nothing if you're not applying it. You haven't even really read the verse because something should trigger a turn. All right. You know, but you see it everywhere. Yard, I mean, you see Psalms 91 everywhere, but he is a shield to those who trust. He is a shield to those who Hallelujah. trust. Hallelujah. Yes. Um, Psalms 115, 9 through 11. O Israel, trust in Yahuwah. He is their help and their strength, or their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in Yahuwah. He is their help and their shield. Uh -huh. Ye that fear Yahuwah, trust in Yahuwah. He is their help and their shield. Hallelujah. 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 Psalms 119, 114. Mm -hmm. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Yes. Psalms 144 and 2. My loving kindness and my fortress. My high tower and my deliverer. Yes. My shield and the one in whom I take refuge, Hallelujah. who subdues my people under me. Mm. Proverbs 2 and 7. Yes. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. Mm. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. Hallelujah. Proverbs 30 and 5. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Yes, hallelujah. And a definition. Shield is a broad piece of defensive armor carried on the arm, one that protects or defends. So in order to have God as a shield, he has to be really, really, really close to you. And it's defensive. Like that's what you know about defense. But the shield is a defense. He says you'll need it for the fiery darts. Like it's going to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. Personal reflective peace. So I'm going through this and I have to, before I can come to you, I have to ask the Father to address my armor. Where are there weak places? Where am I not wearing it? Um, and that's one thing he said, that your inconsistency has something to do with your shield of faith. That's cool. You can work on that. <laughs> and I'll let you work on that. But specifically, 
my inconsistencies deal with my shield of faith. Which makes sense because over and over, do you not believe? Do you not believe? He marveled at their disbelief. Do you not have confidence yes. in me? Do you not have confidence in me? So over and over and over again. So a buckler is just a small round shield. Um, and so it's just, but you see shield and buckler interchangeably. So faith in his faithfulness, believing that he can raise the dead, spare the righteous, and is a protector of those who fully trust in him. If you believe. Because if we go to Revelation, it says that there's fire reserved for the cowardly and the unbelieving. Helmet of salvation. Helmet of salvation. Let's go to First Peter, please. First Peter. First Peter. I'll tell you when I got this. I got this not too long ago, like not too long after Pentecost. And I just, I wrote a little bit down, and I was like, Jeremy, I think I kind of got a message, but you know, but you know. Um, and every now and then I'll wake up in the morning and put a little piece together, put a little piece together. And then last week he was like, you're up. I'm like, okay, already, already suited and booted and ready to go. It was just some things that I needed to, that well, he, he wanted to finish. I had the concept, but he, like, he brought that together for today for such a time as this. And so, all glory to God. First Peter. And I invited my mom again. I'm just going to keep knocking. Right. And then she'll be you in the assembly. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> she probably said she'd go me three times. <laughs> All right, so first Peter chapter three, starting at verse 17. For it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who formerly were disobedient when once a divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight souls, were saved through the water. There is also an anti-type which now saves us. Baptism, uh, not the removal of the field to the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God through the resurrection of Yeshua HaMashiach, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers having been made subject to him. And I have to read all that to read four. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, Arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of Elohim. And so we talk about 
our struggles, when we talk about things that we are going through, and what uh, the Father brought to mind was Hebrews 12 and 4. Hebrews 12 and 4. Hebrews 12 and 4. I'll start in verse 3. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. Right, but you ain't going that hard. Like you ain't it blood, you know, striving against sin. But we know who did. Luke 22 and 41. Luke 22 and 41. Like, no, you're you're not. So, the hubby called a fast. Yes. He's not saying pray till there's drops of blood coming from your forehead. So, you have not strived that hard to get rid of whatever it is. Like, you ain't going that hard. He does not. Because we're too comfortable. So Luke 22, 41, well, we'll start at 39. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives um, as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. So he is used to praying. He's used to praying. And when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And when he... And I'm oh, sorry. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he rose up from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter tem into temptation. Yeshua prayed, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. You have not resisted sin to the point of shedding. We are called to be like our teacher. That's why everything is under him. Like everything. Every single thing has been placed under his authority. That's why we are to bring every thought under Christ. Because he he went hard in the pain, as they say. Every day. And he tells us to be perfect like your, not even like me, be perfect like your father. Um, the helmet of salvation is the mind of Christ. The helmet of mind of, of sorry, the helmet of salvation is the mind of Christ. Sword of Spirit. Then he says, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And y'all can just write these there. I'm not making me turn, but I'm going to read. Mark 7, 13, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which you have handed down. 
as many such things you do. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. But you have made the word of God of none effect in your tradition. Mm, okay. Do you have a sword? That's right. Mm. That's right. Now this, Luke 8 and 11. Now this parable, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. If you don't have the word, you don't have the seed, which means no stem, no root, no fruit. Luke 8, 21. But he answered and said to them, My mother and my brother are these who hear the word of God and do it. Okay. Right. Hebrews 4 and 12. Hebrews 4 and 12. Hebrews 4 and 12. We'll start in 11. Hallelujah when you get there. Hallelujah. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, uh -huh. but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. How big is your sword and are you using it correctly? How big is your sword and are you using it correctly? Our hands, our mind, and our heart must be ready to cut like Peter, but not cut like Peter. What do you mean? In John 18 and 10, then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So before verses after, in Acts 2, 37, and when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brothers, what shall we do? So he got cut like Peter. But not good life. Um, yes. In 2 Corinthians 2 and 17, for we are not as so many peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. So there are some, of course, that we know that peddle the word. Okay. In 2 Corinthians 4 and 2, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, okay, come on. but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. 
So no, we're not building the word and we're not handling it deceitfully. Because you'll end up cutting yourself. That's what this is for. Misaligned and mishandled. First Thessalonians 2 and 13. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing because you have received the word of God, which you heard from us. You welcome it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. The word works in those who do what? Believe. But it also has to be received in truth. Isaiah 49. Isaiah 49. Starting in verse 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 1 through 7. Isaiah 49, verse 1 through 7. Listen, O isles, unto me, and hearken ye people from far. Yah hath called me from the womb. From the bowels of my mother hath he made mention of my name. And he hath made my mouth like a sharp sword. The shadow of his hand hath he hid me. And it made me a polished shaft, and his quiver hath he hid me. said unto me, Thou art my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Then I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for naught and in vain. Yet surely my judgment is with Yahweh and my work with my Elohim. Mm -hmm. And now, saith Yah, that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Yahweh again to him, though Israel be not gathered yet. Shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength? Mm -hmm. And he said, It is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Yaakov mm -hmm. and to restore the preserved of Israel. Oh, yeah. I will give also thee for a light unto the Gentiles, so to the Gentiles, Stop to the Gentiles, Gentiles, Please. that thou mayest be my salvation. To the end of the earth. Mm -hmm. Thus saith Yah, mm. the Redeemer of Israel and mm -hmm. his Holy One, yes. to him whom man despised, mm. to him whom the nation abhors, mm. to a servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise, princes also shall worship because of Yah that is faithful yes. and the Holy One of Israel, and he shall choose thee. Hallelujah. Isaiah 49, 1 through 7. Hallelujah. Thank you. And so then we say, like, why? Why is being dressed important? Why is this armor important? Um, this is not the armor of a Roman soldier. Like, we see that all the time. Like, um, it's the armor of Yah's priests and servants of Yeshua. This, this is priestly gear here that we're talking about. Um, go to Jonah. 
Jonah chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 7. And chapter 1 just jumps off with Jonah's disobedience. Uh, in verse 7 it said, And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. And they said to him, Please tell us, for what cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? Uh -huh. And where do you come from? Uh -huh. What is your country? Uh -huh. And of what people are you? Uh -huh. And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, yeah. and I fear Yahuwah, uh -huh. the Elohim of heaven, who made the sea and dry yeah, ground. Who are you? Uh -huh. I am a Hebrew, uh -huh. one from beyond with a message from above. Uh -huh. Repent and believe the gospel yeah. for the kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah. That's our identity. That's who we are. Uh -huh. And therefore, you need to be dressed. Let's go to Isaiah 59. We have to be dressed like our king. Isaiah 59. Shut up. Will you read Isaiah 59? Mm -hmm. Let me just I want to do Mojab, please. Yes, sir. Behold, the Lord's hand is not short, that it cannot save. Neither is ear heavy, that it cannot hear. For your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perverseness. None call it for justice. None call for what? Justice. Not Black Lives Matter. Mm. That's not a call for justice. Right. It's not, and you'll see why. Go ahead. None call it for justice, nor any pleaded for truth. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. So it can't be a call for justice because they're not pleading truth. truth. Right. Go ahead. They trust in vanity mm. and speak lies. Go ahead. They conceive mischief mm. and bring forth iniquity. Go ahead. They hatch cockatrice eggs mm. and weave the spider's web. Mm. He that eateth of their eggs dieth, mm -hmm. and that which is crushed breaketh out into a viper. Mm. Their webs shall not become garments, mm. neither shall they cover themselves with their works. Mm. Their works are works of iniquity, mm. and the act of violence is in their hands. Mm. Their, their feet run to evil. Their feet run where? Run to evil. Mm. And they make haste to shed innocent blood. Mm. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Their thoughts are what? Thoughts of iniquity. Mm. Wasting and destruction <coughs> of their paths. Mm. The way of peace they know not. Mm. And there is no judgment in their goings. Mm. They have made them crooked. They have made them crooked paths. Mm. Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. Mm. Wow. That's absolutely no armor. 
None. Go ahead. Therefore is judgment far from us. Mm. Neither doth justice overtake us. Mm. We wait for light, mm. but behold obscurity for brightness, but we walk in darkness. Mm. We grope, we grope for the wall like the blind, mm. and we grope as if we had no eyes. Mm. We stole at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. Mm. We roar all like bears and mourn soar like doves. We look for judgment, but there is none. There is what? There is none. There is none. For salvation, but it is far off from us. Mm. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, mm -hmm. and our sins testify against us. Mm -hmm. For our transgressions are with us. Yes. And as for our iniquities, we know them. Mm. In transgression, in transgressing and lying against the Lord. Your what? In transgressing and lying. Mm. Against the Lord, departing away from our God, mm. speaking oppression and revolt, mm. conceiving and uttering from the heart uh, words of falsehood. What? Words of falsehood. Mm. And judgment is turned away backward, mm. and justice standeth afar off. For truth is fallen in the street, and, and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth, mm. and he that departed from evil maketh himself upright. Mm -hmm. What happened? And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. Mm -hmm. And he saw that there was no man, mm -hmm. and wondered that there was no intercessor. No intercessor. What did he do? <laughs> what did he do? No Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him, yes. and his righteousness it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate. He put on righteousness as a breastplate. So he's not telling us to do anything that he hasn't already done. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Say that again. For he put on righteousness as a bless as a breastplate yes. and a helmet of salvation upon his head. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing mm. and was clad with zeal as a cloak. Mm. According to their deeds, accordingly, he will repay fury to his adversaries. Okay. So he didn't tell us to put on vengeance for clothing. He's saying, you be dressed right. right. And, I got, and I got the rest of it. Uh, that's what it said. Tell it now. It's in your book. That's all right. Tell it. Go ahead. Wow. Uh, according to their deeds, accordingly, he will repay fury to his adversary. Mm. Recompense to his enemies. But you cannot be deemed as an enemy. You have to look different, act different, sound different, walk different, talk different. So he knows the difference. Yeah. To the islands, he will repay recompense. Mm. So shall they fear the name of Yahuwah from the west yes. and his glory from the rising of the sun. Hallelujah. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, mm. the spirit of Yahuwah shall lift up a standard against him. Let's go and say that one more time. Uh, Yahuwah from, uh, so shall the fear of the name of Yahuwah from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, yes. the spirit of Yahuwah shall lift up a standard against him. And the Redeemer shall yes. come to Zion. And unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, said Yahuwah, as for me, this is my covenant with yes. me, said Yahuwah, mm. my spirit that is upon thee, mm. and my words which I have put in thy mouth. Shall not depart out of thy mouth, mm. nor out of the mouth of the seed 
For out of the mouth of thy seed seed, said you were from henceforth and forever. You are Abraham's seed, you will do the work of Abraham. But before we can go forth as a nation, we need clean garments. Go to Zechariah chapter 3. I think we read this in tour class not too long ago. Zechariah chapter 3. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing for the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. The adversary is an accuser of the brethren. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments. We have a high priest standing for the angel of the Lord in filthy garments. And was standing before the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. And I said, let them put a clean turban on his head. And they put a clean turban on his head, and they put the clothes on him, and the angel of the Lord stood by. The angel of the Lord admonished Joshua, saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, if you will walk in my ways, yeah. if you will keep my command, then you shall also judge my house, and likewise have charge of my courts. And I will give you places to walk among those who stand here. Hear, O Joshua, the high priest, you and your companions who sit before you, for they are a wondrous sign. For behold, I am bringing forth my servant, the branch. For behold, the stone which I have laid before Joshua, upon the stone are seven eyes. Behold, I will engrave as an inscription, says the Lord of hosts, and I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. In that day, says the Lord of hosts, everyone will invite his neighbor under his vine and under his fig tree. We must have clean garments. In Genesis, and they're up here if you want to write them down. Genesis 35 and 2, then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. Exodus 28 and 2, and thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron, thy brother, for glory and for beauty. Exodus 28 and 4, and these are the garments which they shall make a breastplate and an ephod and a robe and a broidered coat, a mitre, a girdle, and they shall make holy garments for Aaron, thy brother, and his sons that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. Ecclesiastes 9 and 8, Let thy garments 
be always white, and let thy head lack no ointment. Isaiah 61 and 10, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with jewels. <clears throat> Revelation 16 and 5. Revelation 16, sorry, 16 and 15. Revelation 16 and 15. And we'll start at 12. Hallelujah when you get there. Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates. And its water was dried up so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, out of the mouth of the false prophets. For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Behold, and his response to all that is behold I am coming as a thief blessed is he who watches and keeps his garment lest he walk naked and they see his shame Romans 13 and 12 and they're up there again on the screen the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Galatians 3 and 27. For as many of you as has been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Ephesians 4 and 24. And that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and holiness. Colossians 3. I remember that order. Um, Galatians, General Electric Power Company. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> electric Power Company. <laughs> Um, Colossians 3. And we'll, we'll start in 8. Hallelujah when you get there. But now you yourselves are to put off all these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Jew nor Greek, circumcised nor uncircumcised, Bavarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, 
holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of Yahuwah rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do it in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, giving thanks to Yahuwah the Father through him. So, student and booted, we fight. But we must be dressed to fight. We've got to be dressed. So, the first round, we talked about being at the door um, and being quarters and being able to let Christ in when he knocks and being um, witnesses to our families. And this time, we're talking about what you need to be wearing to be standing at the door. First uh, Corinthians 9 and 26. Therefore I run, thus not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. Like, you see those fights where they just swing in the air? Ain't hitting nothing. That's, un, that's not strategic. That's not planned. You're unprepared. You're not ready. You will lose. First Timothy 6 and 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of etern on eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And in 1 Timothy 4 and 7, says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Um. One thing that Father was dealing with me this week, and I was talking about the consistencies and my shield of faith and stuff like that, and I was cleaning the mirror um, yesterday, and it was, like, you don't stop trying. Like, I fell at the 5 a.m. all the time. Like, all the time. <laughs> and I get it sometimes, and I'm off sometimes, and I get it sometimes, and I'm off sometimes. But he said, you never quit. You don't just say, oh, it's just not enough. No, I'm going to keep trying. And I'm going to be consistent for probably a week and a half. Eventually, I went to Walmart and I got one of those old school warm pots where the bell was just like really loud. Not phone, like really loud. <laughs> and I got it and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm up now. Ain't no one going back to bed. And I put it far away where I have to get up to turn it off. I know. Like, he said, you don't quit trying. Like, you've never given up on it. Even though you failed at being it, you never quit. He wants us not to quit. Um, so, let's get all those. 
right, so what he said was to lay hold to eternal life. Lay hold to eternal life. Um, Jeremy Yahoo, if you could do John 17, 1 through 3. Uh, Jeremy, if you could do 1 John 2, 24 through 25. What was that? Um, first one is going to be John 17, 1 through 3. Yes, sir. Uh, John 17, verses 1 through 3. These words spake Yahshua, and lifted up his eyes to the heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. And thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that thou might know thee, the only true Elohim, in Yahshua HaMashiach, who, HaMashiach, who have, thou hast sent, who thou hast sent. Hallelujah. Jeremy, first John, 24, 25. First John, second chapter, verses 24 through 25. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. Yes. And starting in verse 10. Yes, sir. Thank you. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that Elohim gave of his son. Mm -hmm. um, and this is the record that Elohim hath given to us eternal life. Mm -hmm. This life is in his son. Mm -hmm. He that hath the son hath life. Mm -hmm. He that hath not the son hath not life. Mm. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of the Lord, that you may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of the Lord. Mm. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Yes. And we know that the Son of Elohim has come and have given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his son, Yeshua Mashiach. This is the true Elohim and eternal life. Oh, yeah. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. Oh, yeah. So we talked about the armor and, and having feet shod and the helmet and the breastplate and the belt of truth and the shield of faith and having all that. Um, but to truly be dressed, we have to have clean hearts. Um, let's go to Psalms 51 and 10. Psalms 51 and 10. And the whole chapter is um, a 
prayer of repentance. Um, Hallelujah, when you get there. Hallelujah. Psalms 51 and 10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O Yahuwah, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Um, looks like Lev, Lev Tahor Bara Li Elohim. Na Nakon Kadash. This is the last word here. It's possible. Five. Skip the first word. Skip the first word. Yeah, very last word. Five dots. No, so you skip the first one. Five column will be. Oh, you read all read all of them. Go ahead. Yeah, read all of them. Alright, so when we look at that, um, create is barah. And I looked up that word in Hebrew, barah, but it means to cut, to carve, or to form by cutting. So when we say created me a clean heart, to cut, to carve, to form by cutting. Um, Lev, inner man, mind, will, heart, understanding. Um, the renew is kadash, is to be new, renew, or repair. And I was looking at Barah because I was thinking about Pharisee uh, Barah Elohim. And so then you see this, but for him to create something, you're creating in me a new heart, you have to cut, carve, or form by cutting, which uh, made me think about what he's always saying. I'll, I'll put it on band too. Deuteronomy 10, 16, circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff-necked. Deuteronomy 30 and 6, and the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart. To create in me a new heart, has something has to be cut off. The Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul that thou may live. So this cutting, this circumcision brings life. Um, Jeremiah 4 and 4, circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskin of your heart, then the ye men of Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire and burn that none can quench it because of the evil of your doing. So there is sin in the foreskin. Ooh, mm. If you got to cut that off, mm. that means there's sin there. 
As doorkeepers, as priests of Yah, we must be dressed appropriately. We may, we may be missing pieces, and are some of our pieces they could be dirty. The word says that we can come boldly before him to acquire grace and mercy in our time of need. We have to allow him to assess our armor today. We have to ask him for what we need in order to be able to stand. And we need to ask him for what he knows that we need that we don't know what we need. So we, again, have to allow Yeshua to assess our armor and our hearts. What we're going to do is we're going to worship for 14 minutes. Um, and if you need prayer or help, you're more than welcome to come down. Um, but this is you and him. This is you and him. And this is reflecting on your armor your pieces, what's missing, what's broken, what needs repaired, what needs to be cleaned up. Because he says that we can come to him and he will give us what we need. Um, and so you know where you are and you know what you need. Um, but it's it's four it's four songs, it's 14 minutes. Okay? Um, and before we do that, I'm going to pray, but I want to get the playlist up. Um, jo Josiah, you can you can stop it. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you for listening to Restoring the Branches Ministries. Our website is www.restoringthebranches.org. We are also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also email us at restoringthebranches at gmail.com. Shalom.